This is my conversation with Glenn Fitzgerald, budget guru. Glenn, welcome. What is what is your actual title? Uh, my title is Director of House Appropriations. Okay, and you're the guy in the back, behind the scenes, taking care of the budget. Um, we're behind the scenes. We don't take care of the budget, though. The elected officials That's do us. that. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, you know, you've always <coughs> been uh, my budget guru, the guy I go to back in the day when I was on budget. Um, so I just wanted to have a just a casual conversation with you, just the facts about the budget that might help our members when they go back home, just to have a, a familiarity with it, a comfort with it, that they can go back to their constituents with and uh, speak, you know, intelligently. So thanks for being with us today. You're welcome. Okay, first question. We, we hear constantly about the CRE. Can you give us just like a, a normal member's version of what is that? Um, well, CRE is an acronym, obviously. It stands for Consensus Revenue Estimate. <clears throat> um, and it's a, is essentially an agreement uh, between three parties uh, about how much revenue will be available for the upcoming budget cycle. Uh, the three parties in this agreement are the budget chairman in the House, the appropriations chairman in the Senate, and the governor. Um, so they decide to to hold this this meeting every year, typically in November, early December, um, before um, the budget process really gets hot and heavy. And they use they use the agreement that, that uh, emanates from these, these meetings uh, to set uh, an expectation for general revenue. Um, and they but, do that in the summer? Uh, they, it's November, early December when they, they actually the do, the, do the meeting. Okay. Um, the governor needs it, obviously, most, most importantly, because he drops a rec before the General Assembly drops their recs. Uh, but without a, a CRE, um, any player in the budget could have, could float an amount of general revenue in their budget and it would be incumbent on the other parties in the budget to say, well, that's a reasonable GR number or it's not. So it's basically a guess. It's an, it's an estimate. Um, Educated estimate. Yeah. Um, there's certainly forecasts that go into it um, from all three parties. Um, but there's, there's also give and take in the process. Um, Okay, and then uh, one thing I didn't know is, do you guys revise it every year? So you kind of see what's happening, and then you say right. there's another, right? And as I said, this is an agreement between the the you know the two chairmen and the governor. Um, as a nonpartisan staffer, I go as um, as an invitee of the of the House Budget Chairman um, to discuss um, where we think general revenue is headed in the coming year. Uh, to answer your question. Every time the, the group meets, they provide two estimates, one for the current fiscal year, one for the out fiscal year for which the General Assembly is about to write a budget. So in this last CRE, um, the group agreed to uh, an estimate for FY24 because that's the current fiscal year right now. And that starts on July 1st, 2023. That's, that's right. Okay. So it started last July. Okay. Um, and then- the, the group comes up with a forecast for FY25, which starts July 1, 24. Okay. And, and 25 is the, the year we're writing the budget for now. And how how is it, how are things going? What is it up, down, or 
What is the latest? Um, well, our, our current general revenue today, I believe, is 1.87% up. Um, and fun fact, um, we publish the daily GR on the house's website every day. Probably most people don't even know it's there, but if you go to the house's website, like our public facing website mm -hmm. and go to the bottom right where it says budget, yeah. you click on that link. And then there's, there's a link, um, there yeah. that shows you the current general revenue. And that's kind of fun because it tells you on a daily basis. How right. much tax revenue you're bringing in? It, it counts the sales tax, and you get a spreadsheet, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually, and that's on the house's website. Any citizen could go there and get it. Correct? Absolutely. Um, in fact, we know if uh, we forgot to upload it because we usually get a phone call uh, from somebody who likes to look at it every day. Yeah. But, now, uh, back in the day, I, you used to email it every day, but you you could have just told me. Hey, go to the website, look at it. So that's that's kind of a fun thing that members right. can do. And so in this fiscal year, our general revenue collections are up, did you say? Right. Um, okay. I'm actually pulling it right now from our website. Um, I'm calling on my memory this morning. Yeah, 1.87%. Okay. Well, that's good. Now, uh, there's some thinking um, amongst uh, much smarter people than, than me that uh, – the economy is going to be such that we may have a, a decrease in revenue. Do you is that something that we're seeing? That uh, what's what's going on there? That someone can go home and talk to their constituents about the actual budget. Well the the revenue the revenue forecast that that the CR CRE group came out with um, this last November was a forecast for twenty four of negative seven tenths of a percent growth. So they thought we would be less revenue. Right. And somehow we're keeping up. Right. Um, there's, but there's, there's a lot of danger in calling it too soon on, on revenue in the middle of a fiscal year. Uh, there's, there's always a flurry of activity, both with refunds and with, with remittances, money that people owe when they do their taxes that shows up um, starting about now through um, April. Okay. Uh, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of baseball to be played still. So um, I always tell people to not put a heck of a lot of stock in what you see on the daily sheet. It's a valuable thing to know that we're up 1.87% mm -hmm. today. Um, but there's, there's not a lot of value yeah. there in terms of pro prognostication. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you is that revenues are, are, are still somewhat stable but don't put too much stock in that. We still have to be very careful with our budget and be and have right. a and when know, we, reasonable budget. When we come up with that 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 CRE forecast, it's an estimate at that time in November of what we think the whole year is going to do, not where we think we're going to be in January or February or March. It's it's where the where the group thinks we'll be on June thirtieth. Okay, so just for the members, you can kind of keep track of it, mm -hmm. um, and it, there's still a lot of baseball to be played for this fiscal year. Right. Okay. And then what, what is the current state of the budget? Do we have a quote unquote rainy day fund? Um, what's in the general revenue? What's in the treasury? How are we doing there? Uh, we do have what, what I think a lot of people would call a rainy day fund. Um, in Missouri, we call it the budget reserve fund. Um, it's set up in the, in the constitution. Um, and it's, it's a, 
it's a pretty simple mechanism, really. The Constitution just says, at the end of every fiscal year, crunch how much general revenue we collected and the amount of money that we should have in our budget reserve fund should be equal to 7.5% of that. So um, the administration ca- calculates this every year. You know, as, as soon as the year closes out, they say, how much general revenue do we collect? What is 70, 7.5% of that? If we don't have 7.5% in the budget reserve fund, then we take from general revenue and, and there's an automatic transfer that happens from general revenue into the budget reserve fund to plus it up, to get it to 7.5%. Okay, so what what's in the were. budget revenue budget revenue fund, you called it? Budget reserve fund. Budget reserve fund. I don't think I've even heard of this before. Mm-hmm. So that's basically a, a, the rainy, a rainy day, day fund. fund. How much is in there? Um, I just pulled that. It was $914 million. Okay, so if, if times got really tough, we could take money from there. Right. There's probably probably you know more than we want to hear right now, but there are rules for how you get money out of that. Okay. Um, and they're, they're all laid out in the Constitution, how you yeah. access the rainy day. Well, I just learned something today because, I, I, hey, I, I spent a term on budget. And I don't think I remember hearing about a budget reserve fund that almost has a billion dollars, which is different than the general revenue fund. Can you tell us about that? Well, the, the general revenue fund is – it's the general fund of the state. It's the default fund where we put money in. If it's statu- the bank account. If, sta- if statute doesn't direct to put money somewhere else in some yeah. other fund, and we have – hundreds of funds. Um, if statute doesn't say, then the default is general revenue. So the the big components of general revenue, the, the big revenue sources are our personal income tax, mm-hmm. our sales tax, and our corporate income tax. Yeah. And uh, you can go on online again, look at that, and you can see how much each brings in. Yeah. You can look on the, on the daily to get that. Um, you know, Staff could could crunch it if you have some other like time horizon you want to look at, and then that's also in uh, budget fast facts. Uh, it most certainly is, and um, the fast facts are also on the the house's yeah. budget. Can website. you tell us about budget fast facts? Um, the fast facts is probably the the most valuable and underutilized document that Absolutely. this office puts out. Yeah, um, and that's also for the public consumption. Yeah, um, so I think uh, a rep from any rep, whether they're on budget or not. Well, the budget people probably know it better. But any representative ought to be able to look at Fast Facts, just kind of look through it and just get a sense of how we bring in our money, how we spend it, how much of it comes from what we bring in, and what will shock you is how much we get from the federal government. Yeah, all those things are there. Yeah, and Um, they break down into pie charts. And I think if you read it once or twice, you start to get a sense of of how mm-hmm. how money comes in and how money goes out and it's we, we we take some pride in putting it together because we're we're not a large shop um you know there there's nine of us including the admin assistant um to serve 163 members it's kind of a tall order <clears throat> on top of keeping tabs on all the the 17 agencies and and what they're doing and and how they're they're spending their money so we take a lot of pride in the fast facts it's it's not really written like a narrative format. It's like you say, it's yeah, like tables, it's, charts, graphs. Yeah. You can flip it. You can you flip know. through it and, you know, maybe take a half hour to go through. You're not going to pick it up all up right away, but it's mm-hmm. it, it really is a great book and you guys do a really good job with that. So thanks for doing that. And then just a question that I have without editorializing. What is the co- – when I got here in 2019, I think the budget was $35 billion. 
Today it's $51 billion. What, what caused that? What, what's going on there? Um, you know, there's, there's a couple of things going on. Um, in the last six years, roughly, there's been, I mean, if you just look at CPI, um, I think the CPI has gone up about 27% in that time. Um, just as a matter of inflation, I would expect, you know, the, the budget would go up, um, just because of that. But, um, lately due to the pandemic, you know, we have gotten, uh, you know, a, a crush of federal money to, to deal with. Okay. And that 51 reflects that? It does. Um, we, you know, if rounding up, it's like 52 billion, um, is, is our total budget now <clears throat> for FY24. Um, but if you look in the fast facts, we actually have several pages that are dedicated just to the, the federal aid we received, uh, as stimulus due to, or related to the pandemic. Uh, and we've gotten several rounds of funding that, you know, we yeah. don't have near enough time to, to go into. So as we get, get on in years, uh, in two years, four years, six years from now, will we see smaller budgets and will it be closer to 36 as opposed to 52? That's entirely up to um, – That's up to revenue? Well, or, it, it, it's up to the amount of revenue we have and, and what the members and the, the governor decide when, okay, they, when they draft the their budgets. Federal dollars will run out. Uh, the, the stimulus will. Um, I mean, if, if you have a crystal ball about what the Congress is going to do, like I'd like to have a look. Um, okay, because they might bring more federal money. Yep. Sometimes once you start a program, it's hard to stop. Um, That's true. And, yeah. And so there's, there's really no – there's really no accounting for what the, the Congress might do on a lot of these these federal programs that were begun. Yeah. Con uh, guessing what Congress is going to do is is uh, not the business we want to be in. Okay. And then I do want to talk about um, the FRA mm -hmm. without editorializing or getting political about it. Can you just explain to us what it is in the first place? Um. <clears throat> It's another acronym. Um, so it stands for the, the Federal Reimbursement Allowance, um, which probably isn't a great name. It's in any other state or in, or in Washington, D.C., it'd be known as a, pro as a provider tax. Provider tax. Um, and then do states tax themselves differently or is it all the same? Uh, they can. Um, you're testing my knowledge now. I, I believe that CMS rule – and and federal statute allows a a provider tax to be up to six percent of okay. operating revenues um, of whatever entity you're taxing. Okay, um, so then they tax the hospitals and doctors and tax themselves. Um, they don't tax themselves. I mean the the that state's general assembly has to you know pass a tax mm -hmm. um, and. It's levied on, you know, whatever provider it's it's aimed at. For example, the the hospital, yeah. FRA is aimed at operating revenues of hospitals, um, and is it nursing homes too? We we have a number of of provider taxes. So we have hospital FRA, a nursing facility FRA is okay. called NIFRA. Uh, one for pharmacy, PIFRA. Um. um an ICFID provider tax and an ambulance provider tax. So then they they are taxed. The money goes to the federal government. Um, it stays right here. So essentially, 
what a provider tax does is it creates state revenue that you can then use to help pay for your Medicaid program. And so when we, when we come up with a source of state revenue, like, you know, an FRA, mm-hmm. we can then use that to pay for services that will draw a federal match along with it. So, um, you know, Medicaid is, you know, generally like a 35, 65 split state federal. So when you, when you identify state funds for Medicaid, you can then pull down even more funds from the federal government to match those. Okay. So you, the, we tax the providers, the hospitals, mm-hmm. the, the NIFRAs and the ambulances. It goes to the state and then we tell the government, the federal government, we brought in this much. Now you will match that and we get that. Yeah. We bring it in. We pay for, you know, we pay for Medicaid services with it. And then when we do that, the federal government reimburses us 65 cents on the dollar. Okay. And then the providers basically get that back well, for the most part. Um, there's rules about how an FRA has to be implemented. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the rules is that you you can't hold the, the, the person being taxed harmless. Um, but there's a, there's a number of rules to, to verify whether you're complying with that rule or not. Um, and that's... It's, it's a long, you know, conversation, but suffice it to say the providers generally don't have a problem paying this tax. Okay. Um, they, they recognize that it's for the, it's for the good of D- Medicaid writ large. Does the money we draw down, does that go to Medicaid hospitals and nursing homes or where does that go? The, the money, the drawdown money that from the money that we've oh, it, collected from the tax. It just we, goes to pay for Medicaid. We just put it. We just put it into federal Medicaid funds in the okay. in the treasury. Um, if you ever like take a stroll through House Bill Eleven, for example, once you get into the Medicaid sections, yeah, you'll see a GR line in every section, general revenue, mm-hmm. and then you'll see a federal line, and that's you know the match from the federal yeah. government to pay for all these programs. So um, every every time we do Medicaid payroll, not we, but uh, DSS, they. They call it payroll when they pay their providers okay. um, twice a month. Um, when they get ready to do that, they identify how many bills they have to pay, the amount. They tell the federal government, we're going to have you know this much to pay. And we actually pull down our match like a day or two early from the feds so that we then have all you know enough money to actually pay all these providers. Yeah. So we actually don't get reimbursed. We actually draw our money a you know, day or two early. Okay, and then and pay all our providers. If we did a thought experiment, because we, you know, you, we're going to hear about this a lot. What happened on the off chance that it doesn't get renewed? What What's the financial impact? Um. Well, right now, um, our FRA taxes fill in about a one point five billion dollar spot in the budget that would otherwise be general revenue. Okay, and the you know, we then get a federal match on that of about $2.9 billion from the federal government. Okay. So for, for a total of about, um, 4.4 bill. Okay. So for a member, when they're talking about it back home, they say, if we don't do this, it would be a $4.4 billion. The the federal money will still show up where, where we're going to be in, in, 
in a situation where we have to make some decisions is if the FRA goes away, we have to come up with a state match. So the 1.5 billion, that would have to be general revenue or some other state source uh-huh. of funds that we would have to identify um, to to plug into the Medicaid budget. Okay. So what what's that number that w- should be in our head of what we're going to be missing out on? 1.5 billion. 1.5 billion. That's um, you would you would either have to your options essentially would be come up with that mm-hmm. uh, to replace the those provider taxes that you're no yeah. longer collecting, or you would have to trim down the Medicaid program not just by 1.5 billion but by the 4.4 billion the state and federal portion because if okay. you don't have the state you don't get the federal. Okay. So your your options are essentially replace the state portion that you're missing that 1.5 yeah. billion or the services that are being provided by the state and federal share that 4.4. Yeah. So either way you look at it, it's 4.4 billion or 1.5 billion. Um, either way, that's, yeah. that would be a huge hit. If you're replacing revenue, it's 1.5 billion. If, if you're, you're cutting budgets, it's 4.4. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good way to look at it. If you're replacing revenue, it's 1.5 billion. If you're cutting budgets, it's, it's a $4.4 billion hit. That's right. Okay. Well, you know, Glenn, I want to thank you for uh, talking with us. If we could think of three points that people can just put in their brains and have have at their disposal. One, I think, is we have a budget reserve fund, which is almost a billion dollars of a rainy, basically a rainy day fund. Um, how much do we have in our general revenue that we're not spending? Um. I always have to answer that question in in terms of like a point in time um, because how much money is in general revenue right now is really a useless figure because we have expenditures. Well, what will it revenues. be at the end of the fiscal year? Right. Uh, that's what I was going to tell you actually. Um, about about $3.1 billion okay. is, is what we're estimating would, would be in GR. And that's after the money has gone to um, MoDOT, correct, for the I-70? Uh, right. That's after we, you know, debit out this year's budget. Okay. Credit, um, however much revenue we think we're going to get. Yeah. That, that was a consequence of the CRE uh, meeting. So. So I think if I'm a member, I say we have a rainy day fund, we have a, a robust general revenue fund. Even after everything's been spent, uh, we just have to be careful about how we spend money in the future. But there's no reason for alarm or panic. Is that a reasonable thing to tell people back home? I, you know, I, I don't want to ever tell people what they should or shouldn't panic about. Um, but all those facts, those are, you know, are, are pretty much facts. Add up, yeah. And then the FRA, regardless of how you feel about it or what you think should be amended onto it, it is whether we like it or not. It's a way that we tax providers, hospitals, doctors, pharmacists, ambulances. Uh, it goes to the state, and then we get reimbursed from the federal government a match, which we use to pay for Medicaid. That's right. And if you think, if you're thinking in terms of budgets, it's probably 1.5 billion. No, if you're thinking in terms of revenue, right. It's 1.5 billion. If you're thinking of the hit to the budget, it would be $4.4 billion. That's right. Billion with a B. Mm-hmm. Okay. Glenn, thank you for joining us today. And I think we should talk again sometime. Thanks. Thank you.